Freddie Anderson time. Like I said, I spoke to Freddie Anderson yesterday, and we got into a bunch about his exit from Toronto. I actually didn't think that we were going to talk about Toronto as much as we did. Um, Normally, you start interviews, and you try to ease guys in a little bit with some talk about their summer, their free agency, Carolina, the new destination where he signed, but... uh, We didn't spend too much time on that. And it was a lot about Toronto. So, Freddie Anderson, here it is. This still feels a little weird to say in the setup, but going to now talk to Hurricanes goalie, Freddie Anderson. Hey, man. Does it sound weird to you? Uh, It's it's definitely uh, different, yeah, than what I've been used to for the the last few years. So, um, it's uh, going to be a new... uh, New chapter in my my story and, and a new uh, yeah a new opportunity. Yeah, weirdly, like as soon as this happened, people started shopping around the picture of you getting drafted for the Canes. So we immediately get that picture, and it feel it felt kind of real. It was it was very weird. I was like, okay, I mean, there's some symmetry in doing this. Did you even have any memories of like, you know, what you like people you met or what you actually did like when you were actually drafted to that organization? Um, yeah, of course, there's a. It's it's obviously a, a number of years ago, so uh, there's been some some turnover in their in their organization. Um, brand new management, uh, new uh, new ownership, new coaches, uh, a lot of new players. So um, definitely, uh, I don't know how many uh, yeah guys are even left from there, but it's uh, it's on how how things come come full circle uh, that way. And um, I'm just glad to be to be able to have an opportunity to. Yeah, to go there and on a good team, and uh, yeah, do uh, do best, do the best I can to help uh, help out there. Yeah, so gonna talk a little bit about some hockey stuff with you, but how's getting an actual break? Because last year it gets interrupted, it's the pandemic. Then you guys go to the bubble, and it's a season where everything kind of gets rushed back, and it's a shortened season, so it feels like a sprint. There's got to be at least like then you enter free agency though you're probably pretty stressed about the whole situation. I don't know how it actually went. It happens pretty quick, so I'm guessing maybe not too bad. But now, like, a real summer, which has to feel amazing. Yeah, I mean, that part was great. I think uh, having a little bit extra time, especially with the, with the stuff I dealt with during the year, um, mm-hmm. making sure that that's, that's all good and, and I can be ready to, to play at my best level, that's, uh, that's always been the main the main factor and main uh, focus on my of my summer um but again uh with with free agency being being a brand new experience for me i think it definitely didn't feel like a normal thing either so i think um just i was just trying to kind of enjoy the the process and 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 that new yeah new experience uh with something i haven't gone through before so how is your health man it's been good i've been uh, i've been skating for a little bit now and uh Start feeling good and uh, starting to get eager to, to meet up with the guys and uh, in Carolina and, uh, and join up with the team there. Because um, I, I blame myself too here, right? Like there was so little transparency with what was going on with you. Like conspiracy theories started to go down, right? Like with the timing of it, people were like, "Oh, this is some Lou Lamorello cap circumvention stuff," you know? Like is Freddie actually hurt? How? What is he actually dealing with? How much was the lingering injury? How much of it was actually affecting you? I still don't think we really got a clear picture of like what was going on with you. 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I did come out and say uh, I dealt with some, some pain in my knee, and it was something I was playing through um, through parts of when when Jack got hurt. So mm-hmm. I think the timing of that just probably made it made it look a little funny. But I think when he was ready to go again, and that's that's when I was said I, ha- I have to figure this out and I have to to get to a um, a level of, of um, or get the, the level of pain pain down a little bit to to make sure I can I play at my best. So. That was, uh, yeah, that was really what that was. So, um, obviously, really unfortunate. Uh, didn't get a chance to play um, uh, as, a, as a partner with Jack a lot um, throughout the time he was here. But, um, yeah, a guy I definitely enjoyed uh, yeah, teaming up with. But, uh, yeah, like I said, just unfortunate how, how things play out. No, for sure, man. It's tough to when you're not healthy and you don't get to feel like, you know, you're getting your best foot forward, especially when – Usually, uh, you don't lose a job to an injury when you're a starter of your caliber, right? And you'd put in a lot of time here in Toronto. And I know that must have been some pretty complicated emotions because you're trying to support your teammates, trying to be a good soldier. You're trying to do the rehab. And, yeah, by all accounts, Jack seems like an amazing guy, at least from the outside. Just looks like everybody does like him, that he's an easygoing dude. But then you're also trying to kind of battle back and and get your spot. Did, Did you feel... Like closure with the Leafs? Do you feel closure with the Leafs, knowing that you know you were such an integral part of this hockey team turning around? That you were the goalie, you were the guy that shouldered the load. You played a ton of games. You played through injuries to not be given that opportunity during like what really was the team's most pivotal season of the I guess post rebuild era. Um, how have you just kind of come to grips with that emotionally? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different different questions in one, but uh, I definitely think I look back at the the time in Toronto just with with some great memories. Obviously, with yeah, with with not really getting to play in, in the playoffs this year was was obviously not not fun. Um, but I also understand where where the coaching staff was coming from. Obviously, Jagger had had a good year, and um, they they elected to go with him, and and that's something I got to respect. Um, Again, it's it's a lot of a lot of experience added to my yeah. It's kind of something I can use going forward with with way I dealt with things um, and, and and playing through pain like that and, and injuries ended up not um, had to, it wasn't the best best idea I guess long term uh, uh, looking back. But that's that's just that's some of those things that uh, you you learn from and um, I think in this situation I definitely think felt like I was making the right the right move and. Um, in, in, in trying to keep yeah keep playing, so I think um, with with closure and stuff, I don't think um, I didn't really think too much of it. Uh, I just know that it, that's where the coaching staff felt that that he played more and had played well. So it was a, it was a little bit of a, a risk to put me back in without uh, that many games uh, since coming back. Did the team know how banged up you were, or were you hiding it a little bit when? you knew your team kind of needed you given the options that were behind you without Jack healthy? Um, they knew about it. They, they, we were trying to fix it obviously through, throughout the, the season. It just didn't, uh, didn't really happen the way we were envisioning it. So it was uh, a little bit of a frustrating um, process as well, but that's, that's really no, no fault to them. So um, just something I was trying to battle through and, 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 and rehab at the same time, which is which is not always easy. No. And it's weird, too, because the league, 
sort of changed over the five years that you were like over those years that you were with the Leafs, right? Like it was Freddie Anderson shows up in Toronto and he just eats the bulk. Like I don't have your numbers in front of me, but those first couple seasons, like I remember just looking at statistics, nobody was playing more than you, man. And that was a huge problem with the team was just like no backup, no backup, no backup. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to the guys that you played with, but the numbers really weren't there. And it got to the point where people were clamoring for you to be in back-to-backs and, you know, they just needed on you. They, they leaned on you a lot, a lot, a lot. And then all of a sudden the league, like, I want to say three-ish years ago, it started to become like tandems, tandems, tandems. And, yeah, you had really never dealt with that here in the city since you came here. Is that sort of something that you feel more comfortable with now? Because that was always a big question was, you know, how does someone who likes to play 60 plus games deal with all of a sudden having a workload where it's a split and there isn't a certainty or there is more of a hot hand mentality? Um, I don't know. I think the, the, the past year was a little bit of a, I don't know, an outlier. I think just in terms of, me and Jack really weren't healthy at the same time at, at any point besides the, the first few games. Um, so I don't know how much I, I want to put into that. Um, I just I just know that I, I try to do my job and, and, and leave it all out there when, when I was in the net. And, and especially, I would say, the three, the first three, four years, I definitely um, did so. So I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty... Um, I'm obviously not happy with what what we accomplished with in the playoffs and stuff i think we we all everyone knows that we we wanted more out of that um and especially this year i think we'd, we had a, a really good team we, we showed that throughout the years uh or throughout the whole year that we were one of the top teams in in especially our division but i mean we also the league but um yeah i think just over those five years i just definitely i felt like i left it all out there for for toronto and, and it just doesn't always uh, go the way you're uh, imagining. So that's uh, that's how sports are. No, oh, man, you definitely did. Again, for people don't that don't remember, you played 66, 66, then 60 games for Toronto over a three-year span. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's like, I, I, I would guess if I looked right now, we wouldn't find too many guys that have that kind of workload. I'm guessing that if we looked at 66, that that would have probably led... Uh, the NHL in 29. Oh, I guess 2019-20 is really tough to peg it. But yeah, that's that's a lot of games over a three-year span, man. Like, like really, really a lot. And you definitely left it out there, and you were definitely a battler here. And at times, especially like given all the playoff stuff, I th- I thought you took it really hard. Like I thought that not you personally, because you are a pretty calm, collected guy, at least with outward facing and to the media. Um, there were some times where you could tell that you were frustrated with what was going on, especially when this team uh, was a little bit weaker defensively. But fans could be hard on you, dude. Like, this is a massive media market where people blame the goalie when things go wrong. And I wonder if any of that sort of bled through the day-to-days. Because there were a lot of people that appreciated you, of course. Like, that's what happens when you uh, play in a, in a market like this. But there was a lot over the last couple of years that – must have been kind of tough to navigate. Well, I'll answer that this way. I think just as, as goalies in general, we always get uh, probably more of the, the credit than we deserve, and, and, and the same goes for, for the blame. So I think that's just something that comes with the territory as, uh, as a goalie and, and something you've got to manage as well. And I think I never really felt that it was too unfair. I think just 
I obviously had pretty high expectations for myself and mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I how I see it so I think uh again goal, the goaltending is obviously very um complicated precision if you're not used to it or you never played in that I think um that's maybe a little bit part of it too but I think uh I think in general I think fans appreciated me and I uh, definitely appreciated the time in Toronto as well, uh, playing in front of them. Yeah, I, um, I've talked about this a lot before on the show, but goaltending is this weird position where it, like, the rest of the game is so fast that fans don't really have um, as easy a time discerning what someone is doing like day-to-day. And with a goaltender, it's just it's very you know black and white. Did the puck go in or was the puck stopped? And so I think a lot of people look at it and – think they understand the position more than they do and I, and I believe that's part of why yeah it's just there's more pressure or there goes to to you know what you were saying when it becomes too much blame that that still is a massive byproduct of it so yeah I, I'm guessing like I don't know what your decision making was ultimately with going to Carolina I'm guessing some of it opportunity they've got a really good team they're going to be competitive uh, I know that you're friends with Jake Gardner, so my guess is that he gave you a pitch of some kind. But is there a little bit of relief knowing that, hey, um, there won't be an Amazon crew following you around. You're not going to deal with the same kind of media. There isn't going to be the same market pressure. Like, is there at least a bit of, hey, I can just sort of focus a little bit more on hockey moving forward over the next couple of seasons? Um, that really never uh, entered my decision, I think, uh given the fact that Toronto never really um, became that serious to, to offering anything. So that's that was where I was just really grateful and happy that um, that I was able to go to, to a good team like Carolina. I think that's um, that's a team that and a place to live that I've heard from, from a lot of players that are that's extremely underrated. And I think that's something, yeah, just as a person I, I love and um, – Again, nothing about the fans or media, but I think do, uh, a fresh, a brush of fresh air would be good. So I think that's that's really what I look forward to. Um, is instead of looking too far backwards. Yeah, and did it surprise you at all when, like, because you ended up basically getting swapped for Morazic? Like, you two guys go from different teams, and you made uh, a good chunk of change more, but not an, an insane difference when it came to the, the pricing of this thing, especially when you consider that the guy ended up signing for a three-year deal. Was that something that kind of took you by surprise, or were your negotiations with the Leafs pretty clear then? Um, well, I wasn't the one talking too much to, to, to the team. Obviously, that's what agents do, and um, I haven't really thought of that too much, and I don't really want to entertain uh, yeah, thinking about what what they're doing and that going forward, I think obviously you have friends on the team and and they're going to cheer for them. But I think overall, I think I'm, I'll focus on what I got to do and mm-hmm. enjoy the the most of what I can in in Carolina. I think that's um, from what I hear. Like I said, great place to play and uh, and live. So uh, that's what I'm uh, focusing on right now. Yeah, man, we've got a colleague, Anthony Stewart, here who constantly raves about living in Carolina, uh, that it's a great place to live. And, yeah, again, that team is pretty much right on the verge. And they've been a team that has kind of struggled with some goaltending at times in the postseason. And, yeah, it's got to be viewed as a pretty big challenge for you to be able to play with a team like that, that caliber, and going from one competitive team, like, immediately to another. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's got to be just the hardest part, man. I know you're very, very close with Austin Matthews. Um, 
and like you guys quarantined together. Actually, this is one. If if he didn't live in that massive compound, could you guys have been roommates? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so he's not like a bad roommate. Nice and all that. No, no. I think we 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 spent a lot of time together, and and I think yeah, just just became really good friends over, especially uh, during that time, and also obviously in in the first. Uh, yeah, a few years of my uh, in our time in Toronto. So, um, but yeah, we think we we we'd survive either way. Yeah, uh, I I saw some pictures of the compound during the pandemic. Your guys's quarantine was a, a bit different than mine in my apartment in Toronto. It's just a, a little different. Yeah, we had, we had a, we had a good time. I think that's we we made the best of it. Um, I think that's all I'll say. But uh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, obviously difficult times for everyone, but uh, we found a way to make it uh, less miserable than it than it would have been. Hey, man. Well, I'm glad you're healthy, and congrats on the deal. And again, it's a good market, and it's a really good team. And I think that yeah, a lot of people really appreciated you here, and that um, I, I like just speaking personally, I do think that it, there is a different component to being a goaltender of the Toronto Maple Leafs than there is in a lot of other markets. And yeah, you did it really well. And I, when you say you left it all out there, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. I, I, I thank you for the time, man. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So there it is. Freddie Anderson. I'm going to bring in my boy, Sam McKee, producer of the show, producer of Leafs pre and post game. And Leafs games here on Sportsnet Five Nine of the Fan to talk a little bit about this because I, I I was in it, I listened to it over again after it was done, and to me there were two moments where Freddie kind of gave us a glimpse of the way that he felt. One is like the guy is a generally, uh, I don't want to say so- he's not somber, but he's just he's not a. He's not a guy with a ton of enthusiasm when he speaks. Let's just say it that way. So there's a little bit of battling through that. But the main thing is he started doing this whole, hey, uh, I always enjoy my time for Toronto. But after he would say some stuff like that every once in a while, where it was kind of like getting in the repetition of, hey, this is the generic answer. I don't think that he's too thrilled with the way things ended. And to me, the biggest two things were, one is when he talked about the injury. He said, something I can get used to going forward, it wasn't the best long-term idea looking back. Some of those things you learn from, closure I don't think about too much, but that was the the way the coaching staff felt. And he goes through basically talking about rehabbing and battling through that injury throughout the course of the year. And then the other one was that, The Leafs were, quote, not too serious about offering anything, end quote, and then didn't seem very happy with the Mrazic question. So my this was my read from the interview, my main thing from the interview. One, he didn't want to talk really about the pressure that fans put on him. That's pretty standard boilerplate, that guys don't want to try to sewer fan bases. But I, I stand by this, man. I think Leafs fans were way too hard on Freddie Anderson. And, and I know that it is... Uh, part of the territory with this place. Uh, I'm not saying that fans shouldn't have done it, especially those that just you know kept it to hockey things, but that he took a lot of crap while he was here, 
and people pretty much neglected all of the groundwork that he had put in. But number two was this guy who had been the goalie of the team, who was shouldering that workload, had it come back to haunt him a bit in the sense of he couldn't really get healthy. They lost Jack Campbell. He plays through it. He rehabs through it. He doesn't shut himself down despite being in a contract year. Ultimate team move. And then never really gets an opportunity to come back and be a part of that team. And I, again, I get it really from the Leafs standpoint because how could they pull Jack out of that Montreal series? The case would have been, you know, you go with like a game six to switch it up, but it wasn't. It didn't feel desperate at the time. So it's really hard to criticize the Leafs for this one. And yet it's also super understandable to look at a guy who made that kind of a sacrifice in a free agency year, who had played here for that long, just lose his job to an injury that he prolonged for the benefit of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sammy. Oh, okay. You're going to throw to me here. You didn't, didn't say my name, so I didn't know. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to throw to me here. Sorry, my bad, buddy. Um, listen, I, I feel awful for the way it ended with Freddie here because I think it just came down to a lot of bad timing, man. Honestly, because like you said in the interview, like you were talking about in the interview, the amount of games he played here, 66, 66, 60, and then 52 in the shortened year uh, due to the pandemic. Listen, they ran him into the ground here. They never had a good backup. The, the amount of times that he was just hung out to dry by really underwhelming defense cores, it was, you know, I think there's a lot of sort of um, reason for him to feel the way he does. And I, you got to do a lot of reading between the lines with the stuff that he said. I really do. But I just, I really have a, a hard time. It's tough because you're right. He did. Jack Campbell didn't play badly enough to get rid of his job, but the fact that he never got one more kick at the can in the playoffs, and the big thing with the playoffs, that's what everyone always points to when it comes to Freddie. Well, yeah, he was playing 66 games a year. You know, towards the end of the year, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to get tired. Like, it's understandable. So a lot of what happened with Freddie has to do with at the least put in front of him, and it's just bad timing because they finally get the best defensive core they've had since he's been a Leafs goaltender last year, and he was, you know, Probably too many miles. He's played too much hockey. He's hurt. He's trying to play through injury because Jack Campbell's hurt. He's trying to be a um, trying to be a good soldier and play with the, through the knee injury, play through whatever he had, and it just it didn't work. And it's just bad timing. And I feel awful for him. I'm really rooting for him now. You I, and I are I both. Wonder... Listen, we were both Freddie guys through and through. So yeah. I, I'm rooting for him all the way. But yeah, it's just bad timing. But yeah, I I think so too. And I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised if he works out in Carolina, if he plays well, but it is he in Ranta, and I'm guessing that it will be kind of a similar situation to the one that he had this year. And so when he was talking about goaltending tandems and I, I was trying to ask him about it changing that way, um, I probably should have just asked him straight up uh, if he likes it um, because the indication was when Jack Campbell came here that he didn't, that he was not a fan of the 1A, 1B. He wanted to be the very, very clear number one, and I wonder how you know that did affect him. But you're right. The, the worst part of, I think, the Freddie Anderson story was that series against Columbus, he was really good. And people still laid the blame at his feet because the Leafs couldn't score against Columbus's two goalies. I think it was Corpus Salo and Merzlikens. 
They had a really tough time getting goals. And people created that narrative of, well, the Leafs got outplayed in net again. And I was like, really? That was the story of the series to you? Sheldon Keefe loaded up a top line with Tavares, Marner, and Matthews. And while they dominated in terms of, you know, possession and shots, they weren't scoring a goal a game. They weren't scoring two goals a game. They weren't giving them the offense that they needed. And then the rest of the lineup stunk. And Freddie Anderson mostly played spectacular. And still people came out of that with, oh, my God, we lost because of goaltending yet again. And, and you know I couldn't what, believe that. I, I thought you know that that was one were in that. His numbers during that were he had a, a 184 goals against and a 936 yeah. save percentage during that series. Yeah. So I don't think you can point to him as being the issue. Sure, you can talk about the softy in Game Five or whatever that happened, but you got to score a goal. You got to help your guy out. Like he was great for them in that series. Score the a one goal. that the, the one that stands out is 2017, 2018, and I think that's the one against the is that the first one against the Bruins that he was in when he yeah. had an 896 save percentage and a, and a 376 goals against. And yes. that's the one that people always go back to and that's the one that's talked about. But other than that, but his that numbers in the playoffs also, weren't horrific. But that one also was and and I don't mean to just be like constantly making excuses for the guy because ultimately like yes, there were moments where he did not perform well enough in the postseason, right? Of course. Like no doubt about it. I thought that that first year, that first Boston year you're referencing, he stunk to start, and then he rebounded amazingly. Like, he leveled out his play throughout the rest of that series, and on balance, it was like two, I thought, pretty extreme results, where it was almost unplayable to start him, put them in a huge hole, and if he does play better, they probably come out on top in that series, like no doubt in one of those earlier games. But that still later on, he ended up leveling it out. Same thing goes with the other Boston series where it was the Leafs had an opportunity at home in game six to close it out. And Anderson played incredibly well. And the rest of the roster choked. The rest of the roster had a horrible game. They laid an egg in game six. And then, I, and then game seven, I think that he was bad. Freddie Anderson was subpar and didn't do enough. And it's, it's not really so much that I don't think that uh, – or that I think that Freddie Anderson was something, like, wildly misunderstood. He did not play well enough in a couple of playoff series against the Bruins, period. Like, that was facts. He didn't play well enough over the course of all seven. He wasn't the best guy. But the Columbus one is ridiculous. And this season, this past season, he played really well before the injury. He's playing extremely well. He's absolutely ripping it up. And the whole time that he was playing well, the fan base was like rooting for the guy to fail. People were rooting against Anderson and saying, well, this, the wheels are going to fall off, the wheels are going to fall off. And then the guy gets hurt and people go, aha, see, that's why you can't trust him. He goes, rehabs the injury, probably comes back, maybe not even at 100% to try to get in the playoffs because he wants to be there for his team again in case something does happen and never gets a shot and is out of town. The, the other weird part of that interview for me was how he really did not want to talk about the Morazic for Anderson thing. And that, that, is, that to me is huge. Because Morazic, I think, got 3.8, and Freddie got 4.5. And I know the Leafs are so up against it that oof, they're so up against the cap that that matters, like that 700K matters, but that's a like literally a veteran minimum player. That's a veteran minimum player that was the difference between those two guys and Mrazek got an extra year on the deal. And I, 
I don't know if Freddie would have taken that. Maybe he believes that two years in Carolina, he'll be able to get more money out of it. But I think he'll be 33 or 34 at that point. It's hard to envision. But, yeah, I just I think that this is going to be a story where Leafs fans debate it and discuss it for a long time. But that his legacy in the city is, to me, always going to be an unfair one. And that it's going to be one that never got closure. And sports aren't supposed to be fair. But, boy, there's a, just a lot of unfairness in the Freddie Anderson story. I, I, I will always believe that. 